Welcome to Generation Digital Workforce, the podcast that's here to explore the role of robotic process automation and other digital technologies. Whether you're just getting started or you're looking for advanced strategies and tactics, if you're curious about where human and digital workers are coming together to transform the future of work, then this podcast is for you. All right, let's get into the show. Hello, everyone. I'm Michael Marchuk with Blue Prism. Welcome to Generation Digital Workforce. On today's episode, our guest is Kevin Dunahoo, Associate Director in Portivity's Healthcare Center of Excellence. Welcome, Kevin. Thanks for having me, Michael. My pleasure. So, Kevin, um, I was hoping you could share with us some of your background in the healthcare space and tell us a little bit more about the work you and your colleagues at Protivity are performing in the healthcare provider sector. Sure, happy to do so. Um, so, in broad terms, Rotivity is a global consulting firm, um, and we focus across many different industries. However, we do have a a group and a team that I'm part of that focus solely on the healthcare provider space. And in, in, within that space, we cover a number of different management aspects, from clinical and operational excellence next-gen internal audit, revenue integrity, um, and then also looking at some of the digital aspects that are starting to emerge, whether that includes the broader information technology cybersecurity space or even getting into digital and advanced analytics, and, eventually, and as well as automation. Um, I specifically focus in our technology, security, and digital space, working with our clients to help them better understand and move towards those areas and mature them um, in manners that address today's key risks that they're facing. Great. So as we've seen, providers collect a whole lot of data from their patients every day, uh, both personal as well as treatment cycle information. How can this data be used more effectively for improving the healthcare cycle? Yeah, and, and that's a, a key question many organizations in the healthcare provider space are still trying to answer. Uh, frankly, there's there's a growing trend in the whole considerations for value-based care, right? These, these models where we're working uh, as a provider organization with the payers to take on a risk-associated contract where we may get paid uh, a certain amount per patient to, to provide care for those individuals. Data is going to be that key uh, driver to help make sure that we're actually addressing the key needs of those patients and also for the provider to understand what that cost really is in providing that care. Right now, we're seeing a, a very different environment, especially as COVID has impacted our ability to, to do some of these outpatient or elective procedures where if we're in some of those value-based care models, we may actually be gaining um, some good revenue from it. But without the ability to actually touch base with these patients on a regular basis, there's a huge potential that we may have a, a coming impact on our on, on our revenue at the backside of this. Once um, patients start re-showing up in, in different scenarios, they may now have more acute symptoms than they did before if we were able to kind of keep some of those uh, procedures going. Data is going to be that underlying factor that helps us understand when and how we need to interact with those patients. And it's still an aspect that many providers are struggling with in, in terms of getting the right data and making it usable um, to, to be actionable for their workforce to, to reach out to these individuals. And even though we're collecting all this information that you mentioned, it still is only scratching the surface of somebody's entirety of, of their health care, um, including you know, what they're eating and how, how they're functioning on a day-to-day -day basis, that we're still trying to crack that nut on, on how do we get a better and more well-rounded view of these patients. 
So that data um, is stored in, in, in EMR or various EMRs as well as other portals. How, does, how do organizations, you know, as healthcare providers, collate or pull that data together? Yeah, we're seeing a, a big trend, uh, as, as has been the case, um, trying to create data lakes, data warehouses to pull that information together. Uh, but to your point, with some of the disparate EMRs, there's there's sometimes not a really good key identifier to, to pull all that information together on. And then there's also a lot of um, unstructured data within those those systems, um, like physician notes, that are still even harder to actually bring in and, and know where it plugs into the uh, to the environment. I imagine that all that data and the spread out uh, version of, uh, of that data with not only is difficult to pull in, but there's also compliance issues associated with how you manage all that data. So as you see all that, you know, all these compliance activities that healthcare providers have to support, what things could a digital worker do to streamline some of those compliance functions? Yeah, and you, you mentioned a, a number of, of key struggles we've seen um, our clients work with. A, it's just knowing the environment of where they're pulling the data from. And then B, once they get all of this data into a centralized repository, how are they monitoring from a HIPAA compliance and privacy perspective who's actually accessing that data and what they're getting access to and what they're using that data for? Um, as you kind of look broader in terms of compliance aspects, one of the things we're, we're starting to, to see a good play for some of the automation components on is looking at some of those credentialing aspects that may have been manual in the past. There's there's all these different websites that you have to go out to um, to check for different things on a on a specific uh, clinician or provider, and it it takes a, a lot of steps to go through that in a manual process, looking for something that that indicates uh, a concern. Um, we're starting to see a, a great use case where uh, automation can go out and do the legwork of checking. Uh, those websites and pulling the information and the logs back in so a, a, an actual compliance individual, uh, a human, can actually read it and see if that is a concern that they need to go and, and further address or not, allowing that kind of compliance and HR function to still be the the, the human interaction and, and that human lens, but allowing the, the bot to do all of the legwork um, to, to tackle some of those more manual tasks. I see. So when you're talking about um, this provider credentialing, um, not being as familiar with some of the healthcare activities, you mentioned that's on across a number of different websites. Is that because of the specialties that they work on, or is it because of um, specific government regulations that it's it's this data is spread out across these websites? It's a little bit of both. There, there's obviously the the aspects that you have to go out and just make sure that the the provider's license is is still accurate and accurate for the state that you're um, you're having that clinician work in, especially as you kind of think about m many of these healthcare systems that span multiple states. And, and with the expansion of telehealth, um, there are certain requirements that are currently relaxed due to COVID that, um, you know, restrict the provider from only seeing patients that in a state that they're actually credentialed and licensed in. So that's one aspect. The other aspect is um, some of these lists of uh, restricting an individual from working in the healthcare space um, due to complaints or concerns or, or whatnot. And then there's also some um, prescribing capabilities that you're looking for as well. And, and all of these are unfortunately across many different websites um, uh, managed by many different organizations. 
that a compliance department typically is, is taking manual passes at sampling and trying to go out and, and check some of these things on a periodic basis. I see. So that seems like this would be a, a good function for having digital workers to be able to span that and pull that data in uh, much more regularly so they could have reports that validate these, these credentials just on a sample basis, but on a, a, a totality basis for the entire clinic then. Exactly. Gotcha. Well, I imagine I mean, we've seen enough challenges with the, the COVID response and uh, in terms of the, the numbers of patients coming into these environments. Um, there's a lot of challenges that we're seeing with, with healthcare providers beyond that. You kind of touched on before some of the revenue cycles kind of stuff. How could an intelligent automation system or platform support uh, a healthcare provider related to some of those challenges? Yeah, what we're what we're seeing right now um, in, in this case uh, where COVID is is kind of the life for many of these hospitals where they're not really able to, to continue some of the elective procedures and they're really focused on some of those acute um, patients. But what we're seeing is many of those hospital systems have a a, a census that is is not um, full. They they've kind of shut down the rest of their hospital. Um, because they're not seeing the revenue come in, and, and that's what's leading to a lot of the furloughs and, and other revenue concerns that, that you see in the news. That's putting a huge strain and, and, and focus on the revenue aspects that our, our clients are dealing with and making sure that they can um, recoup every single dollar that they can from the provider um, where appropriate. There's, there's still been historically a big backlog um, in a lot of our, our clients that we're seeing of the different claims that are, that are needing to be further addressed. They may get a denial or, or some other kind of um, additional touch needed on some of those claims, and, and there just historically haven't been enough bodies to help kind of work through those um, to make sure that they're getting the right focus. What organizations were turning to historically was uh, maybe some outsourcing um, to offshore aspects uh, because of the cheaper uh, labor considerations at the end of the day. But what we saw is, um, especially during uh, COVID, when um, all of the shelter-in-place kind of um, aspects came about, different outsourcers had trouble moving their, their workforce remotely and still being able to provide that same level uh, of support. And then you've also got the furloughs of your own employees and how you're balancing that with, with still trying to get revenue in the door. Um, there, there just continues to be a point where it's focusing on how do you continue to address these needs when your, your human resources may be constrained, they may be distracted, um, they may be needing to focus on other things, and, and that, that's where automation can really provide that great backbone to, to keep some of these things churning and at least give the people that are needing to act on it a good focus area instead of having to, to weed through a lot of the noise and the data um, that we typically see in a revenue cycle process at the end of the day. Um, getting the, the right claims that need additional touch points into the w right workflows so that people know if it's hitting their inbox, they're looking for one or two things not trying to read the entirety of the claim, the denial, and figuring out, okay, what do I do next? Um, those are key things that we're seeing improve different revenue cycle functions with automation's help. So it sounds like it's a perfect storm here with employees who are either furloughed in their part of their hospital where they would be normally there to help um, work on some of these, these claim backlogs, uh, and then the fact that they're outsourcers whom they turn to to support 
their functions are no longer available. So it's, it's a perfect storm for them to get into a situation where, what do you do? You're, you're going to have a, a big mess on your hand. Yep, exactly. And I know now these the electronic health record systems are supposed to be um, helping in some of these situations, but I know there's also some difficulties with them as we've looked uh, related to to supporting this as a as a broader automation term. Can, can you touch on that? Yeah, absolutely. So, so we're seeing um, the use of EHRs continue to expand and develop into some of the more mature organizations where they're able to put some of those key um, controls in place within their EHRs, EMRs. But what what we're seeing on a broader basis is that uh, many health systems still struggle with how do they optimize and take full advantage of the breadth of what all an EHR, um, especially a, a current version of some of the more um, high-level EHRs, really be able to provide. And frankly, some of those those solutions that the EHR may, may actually have available don't necessarily work well with the workflows that these organizations have established. And and there's some considerations on whether or not um, workflows need to be reassessed, but there's also considerations on, on the EHR uh, making it, it as user-friendly as possible. Um, and then from an automation perspective, um, some of the capabilities that we're seeing within some of those EHRs are still um, being developed. They're not mature yet in, in helping, uh, again, that, that human resource be able to understand and address the information that the EHR has within it um, that needs to be assessed and, and used. Um, so that's where we're seeing some some additional technologies be able to be layered on top um, to help with some of those those touch points. And, and then you also have the concerns from the EHRs and, and being able to integrate and interact with um, other applications outside of that EHR platform and making sure that that data is being used and correlated in a, in a way that makes makes it usable and actionable um, at the end of the day. And again, that's where automation layers on top of and outside of your current EHR platform may come, uh, may come in handy to, to help you kind of drive all of that information and processes together. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So as you're seeing the, the changes you mentioned, you know, whether it's a change in the process or the change in the, in the EHR, it sounds like there's a lot of changes that, they're, that these healthcare providers are, are doing to, to approach delivering care and interacting with their patients. Um, you mentioned before some telemedicine stuff. I was wondering if maybe you could, uh, you could elaborate on that a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So, so with especially with COVID now, uh, telehealth and telemedicine has has exploded. It's it's been on the precipice for a while now. Everybody's been interested in it. Um, very few organizations had rolled it out um, in, in a broad sense, um, but now it's it's kind of been that that change function that has pushed um, the need to get this out into the market. And a lot of organizations are are having to 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 ramp up to catch up to those needs. Um, that, that's not going to go away. Um, that's going to be a, a, a way of doing business in healthcare for, for many, many years to come now, now that we're, um, conditioning our patients to know, understand, and expect that level uh, of service without them having to go through the, the nuance of, of, you know, going and the nuisance of going into a, a physician's office to, to see and get care. Um, that's going to be a demand going forward, especially with, with some of the other cultural considerations now that we're unfortunately ingraining of 
um, the fact that hospitals may not be safe, right? Um, it, that, that's kind of been a known underlying factor, but now it's it's been brought to that light. So telemedicine is not going to go away. People are still really going to want it. Um, patient portals are going to continue to expand to allow a, a more seamless interaction of the telehealth platform with the EHR, with the physician, and that's going to continue to have to expand and be utilized, especially as you start to see these these uh, these patients see multiple visits over the same platform. And then you take the value-based care um, model that we mentioned earlier, and you kind of put all these things in a, in a cauldron, and you kind of start mixing them up, and you start to see how all of these technologies are going to be necessary to really deliver on some of those those outcomes and and um, goals at the end of the day. So it, it is something that we don't see going away anytime soon. In fact, this has probably been the accelerator that um, many patients have been wanting for, for many years. Um, so so it, it's going to be kind of the new norm as we start to look to the future. So what's one thing you'd want an executive for a healthcare facility or clinic to take away from today's discussion? Yeah, as as we get through this pandemic and we're starting to somewhat see some light um, on the other side and, and hopefully that's, that's a true light, not a false light. But um, one thing that, that organizations should continue to keep an eye on is, you know, with what we've just experienced with what we've seen, especially in, in the provider segment where furloughs have become the norm where um, the, the influx of patients may or may not have happened and how our focus as an industry has truly had to pivot and shift, the, the need and the value of having some kind of an automation um, workforce to support your human resources that truly need to give that cognitive view has has just made itself even more um, obvious in, in terms of the value that those things can provide. And it's going to be something that as we look long term and, and keep the future in mind, that um, it's really more of an, an act sooner rather than later to, to truly capitalize on that value and be able to provide your, your, your workforce with the support it needs. A lot of these new things that we talked about, like telemedicine, telehealth, patient portals, potential drive-through testings, tracking of testing, all of those things are not going away. Um, there's going to be requirements where we have to keep those things up. As you bring your, your furloughed workforce back on and they have to focus on their day-to-day -day tasks, who's now able to pick up all these additional tasks and considerations that we've now established within our organization? There's, there's not going to be an easy answer to that. Moreover, as we kind of look at the ability for these organizations to um, be resilient in, in the face of some of these adversity aspects, uh, moving our, our workforce home, moving them out of the office, but still needing to keep really good efficiency up, effectiveness up, views on being able to monitor and see what's going on in our organization, um, a, an automated workforce bot can help do those things tenfold what what a human can, especially as they're starting to, to be concerned about what does tomorrow even hold for them as an individual or, or for their family. Um, so so 
continuing to understand how, where, and when to plug in automation to many of the aspects uh, of the healthcare delivery segment, especially the back office functions, to allow our human resource to, to be that cognitive high value touch and, and allow them to focus on what actually needs to be focused on uh, with their brain power versus all of this mundane repetitive tasks is going to be key for the long term. It's going to be one of the key drivers that makes healthcare continue to be more effective and efficient um, in our, our ultimate um, goal of continuing to give better care to our patients. One other quick takeaway um, for ProTivity, we're also doing a number of different blog posts um, and webinars at, at this point in time. They're all free available on our website. We're just trying to give additional lenses and points of view and insights into what are some of the other key considerations we're hearing from many of our clients. Those are freely available on our website. Please feel free to share um, those with you, your colleagues, um, and any of the listeners as, as we kind of work through this, uh, this pandemic together as, as one, one force in healthcare. You're absolutely right, Kevin. We are all in this together. Well, thank you again for sharing your insights today. I'm Michael Marchuk, and thank you for listening to Generation Digital Workforce. You've been listening to Generation Digital Workforce. If you want to hear more about RPA, AI, and other cognitive technologies that are shaping the future of work, join us next time as we continue to go deeper on these topics with industry innovators and experts. To make sure you never miss a future episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. And if you've liked what you heard today, please leave us a review. It's one of the best ways to help more people find valuable content. For show notes and more info, visit us at blueprism.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.